You're listening to the Investing.com's weekly crypto podcast with your host, Clément Thibault. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Talk. This December 16, it's a really nice Sunday outside. I'm hoping that you enjoy your day. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this podcast. Uh, so this podcast is for you. If you're listening to it, you probably already know. But for all the new people that we have every week, this podcast is for you. If you want to follow the crypto markets and you want to know what's happening, but you always you only want to give it about 20, 25 minutes of your time and you don't want to spend your whole week following uh, the crypto news. So we try here to summarize uh, the three, four most uh, important and interesting topics of the week and uh, kind of dive a little bit into them and, and find out what really has been going on with some analysis in it, obviously, you know, to kind of give a, a deeper insight into the market. All right. So that's what we're going to do here today uh, for about 20 minutes. So let's move on to the topics of this week. All right, so we have a great episode for you today, and today we're going to be talking about your money. So we're going to start with uh, stolen cryptocurrency with reports that over a billion dollars worth of cryptocurrencies were stolen in 2018. So we're going to talk about the major hacks this year, uh, the major and the most common ways to keep your money safe and to not get your own cryptocurrency stolen. Uh, we're going to move on to Stablecoin. One project called Basis is shutting down. We're going to talk about why and how 2018 is actually the year of the stablecoin. Uh, then we're going to talk about ICOs and about the possibility of getting refunds because a lot of ICOs violated securities law. And if you violate securities law, then you often have to give back the money to the investors when the SEC is upon you. All right, so that's our three topics today. And let's go straight to the first one. So our first topic of the day is uh, stolen cryptocurrencies. So according to cryptocurrency intelligence firm CypherTrace, in Q3, uh, they out they saw that there was over $900 million worth of stolen cryptocurrency, uh, which is a lot. They identify and they track thefts, and this is how they've given us the, those numbers. So they had an earlier report this year, and in the second quarter, in which they saw that there were more thefts during the first half of 2018 compared to the entirety of 2017. And in a way, you know, that makes a lot of sense since cryptocurrencies rose to prominence in, in late 2017, right? It started, the boom kind of started in July, August, but it really got amplified and really caught on with, you know, the public and everyone else uh, towards November and December, where, of course, it hit uh, the 20K mark. So, so just the first half this year, was more uh, than the entirety of 2017. Uh, there was a few uh, million stolen from exchanges. Uh, we're talking about 700 million. Uh, there was Japanese exchange Coincheck, Coincheck that was uh, stolen about half a billion, right? the $530 million. And uh, Bitgrail that lost almost $200 million uh, worth of tokens. Uh, so that's that's a lot of money and and definitely you know it's big sums no matter how you look at it uh no matter how you what asset class you look at it if you lost 1 billion in stocks now that would be amazing as well that would be a lot of money even though the market is is bigger for stocks than for crypto but generally as an absolute number a billion dollars is a lot uh so if we're talking about major cryptocurrency thefts uh we can talk about bithumb uh, which is a cryptocurrency exchange that lost $30 million. Uh, Bancor, which is one of the most prominent uh, companies that ICO'd, uh, lost $13.5 billion. 
uh, another exchange lost 40 million and a bitcoin gold got 51 percent attacked uh, we talked about last last week we talked about 51 percent attack so if you're interested in that you should definitely check out last week's episode uh, and bitcoin attack uh, resulted in about 18 million dollars of cryptocurrency stolen so that's a lot of that's a lot of stolen money and that i wanted to talk about this today because I know that a lot of people that listen to to this podcast do hold cryptocurrencies, but aren't necessarily expert in security. And, you know, it's very hard to know when your exchange is trustworthy and when you can leave your money there. So basically, you know, the, the most common advice is don't leave your money on an exchange. If you can avoid it, you know, if you're not actively trading, always 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 get your money back get your bitcoin or whatever you're holding to your wallet where you control the keys and no one can take it away from you so that's the that's the first bit that i really want to emphasize today is that you know i know that it's a very prominent uh it's a very prominent saying among among mostly bitcoiners which say that not your keys not your money but you know, a lot of people love to hate on the Bitcoin community, but this is actually something that makes a lot of sense. So if you are a holder of cryptocurrencies, you should hold it yourself. Uh, You could hold it. The best way to hold it would probably be in a cold storage, which means that it's not even connected to the internet. And as you know, the more you connect things to the internet, the more they're hackable from the outside. And if you're hiding something from the internet, then, you know, it's, it's a lot harder to steal and someone would probably need physical access to your bitcoins in order to stole them to steal them sorry and and it's a lot harder than just you know on a computer from you know nowhere somewhere just hacking away into your computer remotely that's a lot easier to do than actually you know invade your home or whatever to steal your cryptocurrencies but yeah but i think it also points out that you know cryptocurrency if if you if you think you're early if you're listening to the podcast and you're like ah oh, the boom has already happened you know, I'm I'm too late, and I'll never get to I never get to really take advantage of being an early adopter of cryptocurrencies. I think that all these thefts and and all the and all the money that's disappearing really shows you how young of an industry it is, and really shows you that you know you can still you can still get into it, and there's still a lot of time to learn whatever you want to learn about cryptocurrency. And if you're listening to this podcast, that means that you do want to learn. So I appreciate that, and I appreciate that you're here, and so. It's not it's not too early. It's not too early. The system is still setting itself up. It's still not very regulated. It's still not you could definitely still make your splash in the cryptocurrency world if you're interested in pursuing, you know, that direction. Uh, but generally, yeah, be safe. You know, whatever you hold, don't tell people what you hold also. You know, if you have a lot, a lot, a lot of Bitcoin, you'd be surprised how telling people you're making yourself a target by, you know, telling people and disclosing how much you owe. So definitely that's something that I personally keep to myself and I advise you to do the, th- the same. So with all these cryptocurrency thefts, uh, what's left to do is really, you know, take responsibility over your money. And this is kind of what Bitcoin is all about anyway. It was always about taking care of your own funds and, and being the master of your own finances. And so it just follows that. So if you leave your money on an exchange, yeah, don't be surprised if it just disappears one day. You're just keeping your money in somebody else's pocket. All right, so that's that's that. Uh, it's, it was an interesting uh, PSA, uh, just, you know, safety PSA. But also, like, this report came out this week, and it was really interesting, and I just wanted to highlight a few points out of it. So uh, that's great. All right, we'll move on to our second topic of the day. 
So our second topic today is regarding stable coins. So we actually talked quite a bit about stable coins in the podcast in, in the past week. Uh, we've covered developments and, you know, what's been happening with Tether and, and the new coins that have been popping up, the, the USDC of Coinbase, the true USD, you know, the really stable coins. If, if 2017 was the year of ICO, then 2018 was definitely the year of stable coins. But I'm getting ahead of myself and I want to keep it for uh, the year end podcast that we're going to do in a couple of weeks. Uh, so this week's news, uh, the project, one of the projects, one of the stable coins is actually shutting down. So the stable coin that is shutting down is Basis. And Basis was actually one of the most anticipated stable coins. And this is why uh, we're talking about it today. And one of the reasons is that it actually raised $133 million, right? So that's a lot of money raised for any project, uh, especially for a stable coin. Uh, it was invested by, it was invested in by many big firms, including uh, Anderson Horowitz and Lightspeed Ventures. And, you know, a lot of those very highly respected venture capitalists, I want to say. I mean, firms that are well known within the space. So uh, it's closing down. And, and the interesting thing is that, first of all, all the capital uh, will be returned to investors because the contract was that if the stablecoin actually fails to launch, uh, the money will go back to the investors. The good thing is that they raised mostly cash. So the fact that they raised mostly cash means that the money is still worth approximately the same and that they weren't impacted by this year of bloodbath and, and the cryptocurrency prices and markets. So that's a good thing about it. Now, it was the reason that it's closed. Uh, I'm here. I'm, I have a few differing accounts regarding why it's closing. So the first one is that it actually encountered uh, regulatory problems and that it couldn't get itself to launch while staying compliant with uh, many of the regulations that we have today. So, uh, I think that a lot of people in the space are still highly uh, respectful of the team and the people that are leading the projects. And, and of course, you know, when you enter a new venture, there's always the possibility of failure. And, you know, and, and a lot of people in Silicon Valley these past, you know, years have been saying that we should celebrate failures because, because failing means you tried. But that's besides the point today. So we're not going to go too deep into there. Now, the, the second thing that I wanted to mention regarding Basis is that uh, I want to quote uh, Kiao Wang, which is a prominent uh, crypto person, I want to say, and is helping building uh, a few of the crypto ventures. And he actually analyzed Basis and their algorithm uh, a few months back. And, and what he came with, and I want to quote him, is that he says that when Basis falls below $1, $1 the system issues zero coupon bonds, which can be purchased at the price of one basis therefore reducing the supply of basis, right? And this is how central banks reduce money supply, right? They, use, they incentivize people to use fiat money to buy treasury bonds, and that way they're taking out money out of the money supply. Now, the problem with it is that the central banks, right, the, the promise to pay back the bonds is backed by taxes. The fact that they, they have power over your taxes means that they will be able to back those bonds and those bonds will eventually pay out but basis promise is backed by printing even more basis and so basis itself is not really based on anything except for the fact that its value might go up or will be stable but people will only buy the bonds if basis holds up and the bonds are what holding basis up so it's kind of a circular argument 
and that it's a major failure because you know if you need people to buy the bonds so that the value the currency keeps its value but that the currency will only keep its value if people buy the bonds then you're going to have yourself a mess and this is why he claims that eventually brought the project down and not the regulations so it's possible that we have a combination of the two uh, but the good thing really is that you know at the end of the day the money is not really damaged and people will get their money back although we're talking here about you know ultra rich vcs anyway and not retail people it's always harder for retail people to get their money back and uh, this is why icos were so popular uh, among scammers uh, and actually our next topic is about ico so we're going to talk about that just a little bit also uh, but yeah so another a stable coin bites the dust in a way uh, every time there's a new you know a new thing in the market something a new market darling and and stable coins are definitely you know it's been the year of stable coins in 2018 so we're going to see some projects you know succeed some projects mess up eventually i'm not sure that there's room for five six seven stable coins in the market and i do believe that they will converge to one stable coin which will probably be the one that will exhibit the best qualities right so right now we're not sure which one it is because they're all still just starting out but there is really no reason to have tether and true usd and coinbase dollar and you know go on and on and on so this will probably happen this is just the first one to fall it might have fallen for a few different reasons like i said uh but yeah but but it's it made big news this week and because stable coins have definitely been something you know very prominent in 2018 it was definitely uh, worth talking about and just explaining why it didn't work our next topic is probably going to be interesting to most of you in ICO investors, uh, I'm sure that many of you are actually have actually invested in many in a few ICOs, if not in a lot of them. So, uh, are we on the verge of massive ICO refunds? That's the first. That's the major question of this week, uh, and we've seen a few rulings from the SEC, which have ordered uh, the people who ran the ICOs to actually pay back all of the money raised. And so that begs the questions, okay, so is this going to be the new rule of thumb for everybody? So I just want to open up with an article uh, by Bloomberg that says that Pantera Capital Management, which is a prominent uh, fund, a crypto fund, uh, said that about 25% of the blockchain projects that they invested in, that the fund invested in, uh, are probably breaking U.S. security laws and may have to refund money to the backers. So... They came out saying that they inv probably invested in a lot of projects that weren't compliant. And we've seen just this week also Arise Bank, uh, which was actually also accused of investor fraud and not just securities law because they claimed to have uh, FDIC insurance and they didn't uh, being a bank. But uh, they've been ordered to pay back uh, $2.7 million dollars in profit and money raised so that definitely begs the question will we see more of that in the future because uh, many startups especially ico startups uh, never really bothered to register with the sec 
and they sold tokens to regular people, so retail investors. In the U.S. especially, uh, you have this distinction between accredited investors and retail investors. So when people actually have shown to have a certain sum of money, they are considered to be sophisticated investors, and there are many risks that they can take that retail investors can't take. So there are many investments that you re can't really market to retail. You can only market to people that are deemed to be sophisticated investors. And there's a lot of people, including uh, Paragoin coin, which I think we talked about not that long ago, uh, that may have to pay back investors. So the question is, okay, is this something that we're going to see for everyone? And the answer for me is there's definitely a chance of yes. And what I mean by that is that I don't think that there's a safe ICO. I don't think that anyone who's done an ICO over the past couple of years can sit back in his chair and kind of relax and say, oh, I'm not affected by this at all. And so there's a few things that really raise up your risk profile. Uh, first of all, if you sold a token to a U.S. citizen or in the U.S., you're in much bigger trouble than if you didn't. So... That's kind of the first rule of thumb, like did you sell to the U.S. or did you not? And you can see even today that there's a lot of crypto firms that aren't uh, giving their services to New York or U.S. citizens or New York residents because they don't want to have to deal with the SEC. They don't want to have to deal with America and, and investors protection in the U.S. because, you know, it's, it's, they're, they're just not there compliant wise. So, so my advice to you would be that if you invested in a cryptocurrency ICO and didn't necessarily do your due diligence when you bought, which it's, it's not okay, but I will understand because there was this kind of mania around ICOs and everyone and their mother were pouring money into ICOs. But take a look at what you still hold and try to, or what you bought into and try to figure out it's not really hard to tell if it was a security or not. So if they promised your return, it was a security. If you were supposed to make money out of the rise of a, the price of an asset without you doing any extra work, it's a security. And you can read up on that. It's called the Howey test. Uh, and this is how the SEC kind of deems where, whether something is a security or not. But most of the time, honestly, it's common sense. And just taking a look at this document can really tell you whether what you invested in was a security or not. And, you know, so you probably lost a lot of money if you invested in ICOs. So being able to get a refund would, would be a blessing, right? You'd make up for all your losses in ICOs. And, and I've, I've seen this question on Twitter, uh, whether they will repay back in cryptocurrency or in fiat, right? Because the, the value dropped. So if you bought, you know, I don't know, 10 ETH worth of coins, right? 10 Ethereum worth of coins, are you getting back 10 uh, Ethereum or will you get back the dollar amount of 10 Ethereum? And there's not really an answer to that yet, uh, but you know you will be able to claim that you want your dollars back. And at the end of the day, I think that investors will try to get the most money back that they can. So if you see, I advise you to be active on those you know forums and on Reddit. And if you see something organizing, you know, just make them pay. Really, that's like the only thing I can say. If they violated laws and you can get your money back, then do it. 
especially you know seeing the crypto prices this year unless of course you really 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 believe in a project and you think that it'll do well and you're willing to hold on and to hodl uh their tokens but i wouldn't necessarily advise that this is what you do and you know being able to cash out in in you know a year later and actually get your money back it's really getting a reward for something that you you know you don't deserve because if you're invested you you made your mistake you need to pay for it but you have an opportunity maybe not to pay for it um so yeah th there might be a massive ico refund on the way especially those who sold in the u.s and that's definitely worthy of talking about because many people lost money and many people are deep in the red with all those ICOs and all this cryptocurrency. So whatever you can do to kind of, you know, pull yourself out of the red uh, with the upcoming Christmas season, you know, have some hope of maybe seeing some of that money back. Uh, why not? All right, then that seals it for the day. I, I really feel like this week's podcast uh, was focused on helping people keep their money safe. So we started with how to not get your cryptocurrency stolen from you. And we ended up with how to potentially get uh, your ICO money back, uh, even though it dropped like 99%. So I'm, I'm really hoping that this podcast actually serves someone uh, to make money or to keep their money safe. And if it does, let me know, right? I'll feel good if someone reaches out to me. It's like, hey, man, your podcast really helped me keep my money safe. And, uh, and your podcast helped me get some of my funds back that I invested in, in ICOs that violated securities law. So, so that would be awesome. All right. So that being said, uh, thanks for being here. You can always reach out to me on Twitter at Clem Thibault. So that's C-L-E-M-T-H-I-B-A-U-L-T. Uh, I'm always open for comments and uh, just whatever you want to say. If you just want to have a friendly conversation, that's also good. All right. So thank you for being here and I'll see you next week. <laughs>